everyone, welcome to the podcast from Zero to 100. Today we are talking with Björn Isa and we will talk about projects and projects that happen in our life, not only projects that are planned and financed by third donors. And there we will take a look on how we plan conscious and consciousness. But before going more into detail, welcome Björn. Hi Lisa, thanks for having me on your show. Great to have you here. Maybe before we dive into the topic, you can tell us a little bit more about your project, the podcast, The Active Amputee. Yeah, hi, my name is Bjorn. As you already said, I'm the founder of and the shaker and maker behind The Active Amputee. The Active Amputee is a resource page or an information page for people affected by amputations and limb loss. I'm an above knee amputee myself and I set up this information page in April 2017, I think. So it's it's about five years old. Yeah, you say it's already five years old. And going back to the starting point, can you tell us a little bit more about why you started with this podcast? Well, I, in 2004 and 2005, uh, I had health problems. Long story and not worth going into it right now. But I had to make a decision about if I want my leg amputated or if need some other big surgery to deal with a really significant health issue. And by that time, I found it really hard to find information which is not just medical information, but which is information shared by people who are affected by amputations. And obviously that was way before social media was big. And so I browsed the internet a bit. Yeah. And after I had the imputation, I thought there's still this niche where even once information on the internet was more easily available, it was very often either by individuals who shared their individual story and without being hopefully too offensive to people who run these blogs, I have the feeling after a while, um, the, the added value for, for others is not that big anymore. Sooner or later, story is getting a bit dull. And on the other hand, there are then these professional providers, their rehabilitation centers, their um, companies who produce prosthetic devices, their coalitions, but they are rather impersonal and very often they have their own agendas. And so I wanted to fill that niche between a purely personal information side, a purely personal journey story, and these professional companies very often with their own agendas. And so I thought, let me set up uh, the active amputee, partly with material from myself, life hacks, shared experiences, uh, what I do, little tips and tricks on how to get into different sports and outdoor activities, but at the same time, proactively approach others and invite them to share their stories. Because I mean, okay, my take on certain issues is my take and others might benefit more from other people's experiences. And that's how I set it up. Thanks. And also taking into consideration and many people who may listen and also who elaborate podcasts know it's nothing that you just start and then you go ahead and it's running. It's also a lot of time consuming. As you mentioned, you also included other people who give their inputs, their ideas. How was that for you? Have you said any kind of, okay, until that moment, I will keep working on it. And if it doesn't work out, I will stop or with any kind of objective that you had set for yourself? Well, for me, Initially, I obviously then browsed the net and thought, is it really niche that uh, is there, <laughs> out there? Or is it something which I just felt like it? And if you actually put the, the time and efforts into it of actually doing a proper research that you then see, well, actually, there is the information. I was just not, not clever enough to find it. And so after having done this initial research, I thought, no, I found my, my initial impression. I found it validated and thought, no, I think there is a niche. And I think it's something where there's a demand for it. Um, and so... 
I just basically conceptualized it roughly and then thought, let's just get started. I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do the first two or three months and also contacted people to see if they really are willing to, to contribute or if it's an assumption from my side that people are willing to do that for free, uh, which would then be met with trouble in the implementation phase. <laughs> but basically, I just thought, let me put in the commitment for the first year. Very clear idea about the first three months and then seeing, let's let's see where the journey takes us. So I thought no matter what the feedback is, no matter if the site really gets traction and traffic, I thought for one year I get the commitment and then I take it from there. And so initially it was really very much about personal feedback from people and it was very much about uh, Google Analytics and statistics just to see if the blog gets traction. I thought after three months, I want to make sure that, or I want to, I would be satisfied if the blog gets 250 visitors per month. That was how I set out in the beginning. As you mentioned, it's already five years. We can say that definitely you reached that objective and then you kept on going. Afterwards, was there any kind of you say, okay, that is a niche, people are listening to it. Did you change anything or was there anything where you said, okay, to amplify the topics, the content, to include other people? Yeah, the, the numbers were rising. I mean, obviously in the beginning fast and then you read, I thought I reached a kind of a plateau after, side with, uh, after some time with probably somewhere between 1,500 and 1,800 unique visitors per month, which I thought is okay. And there's some months where it's much more, there's some months when it's a bit less, but that's roughly the, the audience we're reaching out to. For me, it was, there's much more information available for lower limb amputations paired to arm or other upper limb, um, limb differences. So for me, it's always a bit of a struggle to reach out to people who can share experience, stories, life hacks around these issues. And it's still a struggle, but I'm trying to put more effort into that. And I'm branching out from kind of the pure experience-based stories also into more policy and related issues. So what does it mean in terms of finding a job as an amputee? Uh, what does it mean in terms of finding funding for special activities? What does it mean in terms of health issues? issues? So I'm trying to get more into these areas, but obviously it's a bit harder because it takes more research. And while the experience-based stories, they're globally relevant. It doesn't matter if, if I talk about kayaking here in Germany or in the UK or in the uh, in India. So I think people can relate to it. But if it goes into policies and so very often it's, it's very localized, very country specific. And have you heard about anything when you mentioned, okay, also changing a little bit the direction of the of the podcast? Has there been other listeners that also have given you feedback to it? Well, the podcast is, is kind of a new addition, newer addition to the blog. Uh, I have quite a lot of feedback from the blog and the blog is what gets most traction. I very often get approached directly by people, either with feedback where people say, well, that's great, that's inspirational, that, that is a new idea I, I would like to try out. And partly also with very concrete questions because, and that's where it comes back to the original idea, they know there is a certain person associated with it. It's not kind of an unpersonal, non-personal advice service. It's not uh, an NGO or something, but they have an idea, okay, it's Bjorn behind it. So sometimes people actually ask me, oh, I see you're struggling with a well-fitting socket and you're still active. What are your tips and tricks? Or I recently had something where someone says, well, my mom, who's 82, recently had an amputation and she's really fit. She wants to get back into being fit. Can you give her some advice on being active around the water and what does it mean in terms of waterproof gear, equipment, but also some, let's say, some rather 
taboo issues where people say, well, I actually don't want to ask my prosthetist or orthopedic surgeon around. I want to go hiking for a couple of days and I really know just going to the toilet outdoors with one leg is quite a problem. How are you handling that? So it's, I think it shows people have trust in the service and they don't mind mentioning or asking about weird questions in one way because they know I'm facing the very same things and you can't actually google that on the internet <laughs> probably not no, yeah, right. but it would be great no if people would be more open to all these aspects but yeah great um what we didn't mention at the beginning was so so this is something you're doing um mainly in your in your free time but you're also working with planning monitoring and evaluation of projects in international cooperational work And my question is, and there you're applying concrete tools when you plan, when you monitor. Did you apply these tools, conscious or unconsciously, also for your blog and the podcast? Let me give you a clear yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as you said, I've, I've been working in International Development Corporation and project-based work for the last almost 25 years. And, and I'm quite convinced, I think, interventions should be strategic. They should be evidence-based. They should be guided by a clear idea on what change you want to see. And it really should be rated in a, in a good understanding of, of the needs and the potentials on the ground. And so while I didn't go through, a let's say, a planned systematic planning, monitoring, and later on evaluation process, I think from my, my personality to approaching new ideas... I have this mixture of putting a lot of creativity in at the same time being rather structured and disciplined about yeah moving ideas from the idea stage into becoming a reality. And as I said, I normally really try to be rather structured in the beginning and then also trust the process and see what feedback do I get, what lessons do I draw out, what unexpected opportunities come up and which ones of them are actually worth taking up and where do I like to stick to my strategy. So back to your question, yes, I did a assessment, so let's say the analysis phase in the beginning, uh, which I think was rather thorough. Um, I had a clear idea on what I wanted to get out of it in terms of what I would like to offer the wider limb loss and limb difference community. And at the same time, I also, after the first year and second year, I sent out a questionnaire and feedback invitations to people and said, to get a better understanding about my readership, Is it people who are personally affected? Is it medical personnel? Is it families? Or is it people of general interest? But then also seeing what were their favorite articles, what kind of um, of advice or information is uh, best received, and also what, what format of articles. Is it the long narrative? Is it the short, easy-to-share list style? Is it some research, more academic? And so I regularly get feedback, and that influences my kind of how I adapt yeah well I think maybe even if you say yes and no um, regarding the question if it's related or similar to processes like planning monitoring and evaluation in the international cooperational world maybe this could also be a learning for the maybe sometimes they are too strict and too organized and want to get too many informations in a moment when it's they're not able to give any kind of information and some planning is definitely something important and as you mentioned to have an idea of the context uh, knowing what is going on uh, having a clear objective and then just diving into the water and seeing what is happening but always being also 
open to to adjust, to reflect about, and to see, as you mentioned, being in contact with your readers, with the listeners, and and they are also to to adjust. So yeah, I think that's also very important for for the different kind of working, not only like in, in project management, but also for anyone who in his or her uh, life applies or elaborates a, a, a project, taking this into consideration, you know, being being open and being transparent and then also adjusting. For me, what, what is important is really this, this initial commitment. Because I think, especially when you work in an area where you have so many different opportunities on how to get the content across to your readers or your listeners. And I mean, if you look at kind of the whole World Wide Web a blog or social media or podcast or TikTok or whatever. And I think it's really clear, or for me, it's really important to be clear about where do you think you're genuine and where do you think you actually add something which is beyond entertainment. And I think entertainment might be useful, and I think it is probably, but for me, it was really, I wanted to offer content. And I see more and more people who are trying to offer something similar, going for the short-lived, more entertaining options and there might be Instagram stories that might be TikTok and they put quite a lot of effort in it and I think they're good at what they're doing but I noticed right away that is that is not me and so for me it's really something which and I see that in the statistics evergreen content even articles from 2017-18 still get a lot of traffic it doesn't really change a lot because it's content that is relevant five years ago three years ago this year and probably next year and afterwards at the same time it's much harder to catch readers or listeners for longer content. I think if I would compare the statistics I get with someone who is good on TikTok or Instagram, I mean, they're playing in a different league, but mm. it's a different approach and it's a different kind of what do I, how do I want to bind readers to to me, so to speak. That That's a different approach. And I think here to be clear and then not to be discouraged if you're not hitting the tens of thousands of views, because I think that's a different, that's a different line, and be clear where you want to make a difference. Yeah, and I think it's also related to to projects, because in general, yeah, to be clear about whom do we want to reach out to, know, and there to know, okay, it's not always the huge audience of ten thousand, twenty thousand, or more people. Maybe it's just a small group, and they also. This is also an audience, and they also have their ideas, and they want to reach certain kind of or get uh, certain kind of information. So yeah, thank you for this. And I just wanted also to ask you: Is there anything you would like to give people on the way for their live projects, if you like to call it like that, um, when they would start something similar? Any kind of recommendation, or maybe even something where they could think about after listening to this podcast? I think it's, on the one hand, be confident in what you're doing. So if you have an idea, test the idea, speak with others, have others who actually tease you out of your comfort zone, others where you think strategically they think similarly, but they have different tactical approaches to it. And really in this initial phase, be be open, don't be too married to your idea, even if you think it's great and it's probably the best idea that's ever seen the light of day. But once you have the feeling, you check that you see if there's a niche, you think if you really see if you can invest the time, not just for a week or two or three, but for a longer time, if you have enough ideas and the discipline to do it. Once you're convinced it's a good idea and there is not a market, but let's say a, a demand for it, I think go with it, run with it. And at the same time, I know we all are 
married, convinced by our ideas and our details of the ideas. At the same time, be open and flexible for for feedback, for shifting the focus throughout the time and really find the right balance between not going with every trend and every oh, the wind is blowing a bit different today. And at the same time, really periodically see, do I need to change? What would be more exciting, more interesting, more relevant if I change? And really, that takes a bit of commitment and confidence from your side. And at the same time, an openness and flexibility. And I think that is important because just sticking to a strategy for the next five years and never adopting it, I think is rubbish. But going with each and every trend and each and every so-called opportunity and constantly rearrange yourself, I think is rubbish too. And so finding the balance is, I think, is, is important. Thank you, Björn. Thank you for this exchange. And uh, yeah, just as a summary, as mentioned, this is uh, one podcast also about to get in touch more about the Active MTT, the blog and the podcast um, elaborated by Björn, but also to see how live projects are related to planning, monitoring and evaluation and to make both processes a bit more flexible and also, as you mentioned, to take into consideration that we plan and then we reflect about it and we adjust in the moments where it is needed and maybe not to get into each new option, but also to be patient and say, okay, let's try this, let's see, and if it's then really not working out, to then change. I wish you a great day. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.